0: This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruwich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act. So you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich.
1: Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. This is Tom Ruech, and today's episode is called How to Nurture Healthy Business-Building Sales Habits. As always, I'll start today's episode with a short story before introducing today's guest. A few years ago, I met with a business owner who wanted to pitch her service to people commenting on her social media posts. Good idea, I said. Demonstrate expertise on social media, connect with people who engage, build a relationship, pitch the service. It's a good plan, I said. But this business owner was not into the build a relationship part. She wanted to get straight to the pitch. She said she wanted to track down the phone numbers of the people who commented, call those people, pitch the service, and then be done with them. They're either in or they're out, she said. I encouraged her to nurture a relationship with the connections, ask for their email address, share your expertise, build from there. She didn't like the idea. I don't want a relationship with them. I just want to see if they're in or out, she said. Here's the problem with that, and here's the lesson for all of you. Most prospects don't buy the first time you contact them. They might not have the resources right now. They might not have permission from a boss or a partner. They might be interested, but hesitant. So if you really wanna see if they're in and out, you must build a relationship with them. Yeah, you can go ahead and ask them if they want to buy, but you also want to get their email address, stay in touch, share valuable information, continue to remind them about your products and service. Some of those prospects will never come around, but many will, many more than you'll land the first time you ask. Sales is a nurturing process. It requires discipline. It requires habit. It's all about building a relationship. I know that sounds like work, but it doesn't have to be so hard if you have the right tools to help you establish and maintain the right sales habits. That's where my guest today comes in. His name is Yarun Kortout. Yarun is co-founder and CEO of SalesFlare, an intelligent CRM built for small businesses selling B2B. SalesFlare is especially popular with agencies and fast-growing startup companies. Jeroen and his co-founder Levin founded SalesFlare when they wanted to follow up with the leads for their software company in an easier way. They didn't like to keep track of their leads manually, and they built SalesFlare, which pulls customer data together automatically and then actively helps you to follow up. It's now the most popular CRM on Product Hunt, and it's a top-rated CRM on review platforms like G2 for its ease of use and automation features. Yurun believes that most business owners make sales more difficult than it needs to be. We're going to discuss how to fix that. So, Yurun, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show.
2: Thank you. What a story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm sure that in your experience, you've come across business owners who sort of have the same attitude, who, who on one hand, either just don't get it and, and it's kind of one and done pitch and be done with it. Like this business owner, or if they understand that it's about nurturing relationships and building sales habits, they think it's, it's just too hard. It's a pain. So where does CRM come in?
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah I guess I guess we're all a bit lazy right it's, <laughs> yeah. uh often we we do a thing and then we look at it from the other person's perspective, like the person we're contacting and we think like if I would be contacted like that, would I respond to it and and in many cases it's like no um but because we just want to be efficient and we just want to get those sales um it's a tendency we always take the I think the path of the least resistance and yeah. uh we think it's going to work that way we just go for it uh but it, it doesn't like you said yeah you need to focus yeah. on relationships
1: yeah i think that a lot of business people think that they're best served if they take a quantity versus quality approach the the mm-hmm. more people i contact the faster i contact them uh the better and and so um they they don't care about following up they don't care about building relationships but in my experience and I know in yours it it doesn't work that way so uh, you know a lot of businesses don't bother to invest in a customer relationship management application crm wow. and you know so we we've we've talked a little bit about why but but let's talk now about some of the benefits about of CRM and why CRM can help make it easier and actually facilitate speed and process and allow you to to reach out manage keep track and and connect in in ways that you might think are just too hard. um yeah. how do, how does CRM come into play? Yeah,
2: let's talk about the benefits first and then we'll go again towards how people don't implement CRMs correctly select yeah. the wrong ones all again for the same reasons uh, whether you call it path of least resistance or laziness uh, yeah. <laughs> that's where it that's where it, uh, it sort of happens again um so the benefits uh, i think it depends a bit of of uh, that's that's a first question also to ask when you look for a crm is the reason why you need a crm if we're talking really about uh the sort of relationships you're describing here um that's that's more common in a b2b environment uh b2b sales there's also companies who who have a an an e-commerce shop and want to have repeat sales or there's people who sell courses and they uh, have some sort of drip funnel all of them sort of need a crm and these crms have different uh, shapes and sizes and whatever they do and uh but but let's maybe focus on um on b2b sales a bit more like the way it works there the sort of uh long-term relationships you build i think the the then uh, obviously the the main thing you're 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 trying to do is follow up leads better that's how most of our customers phrase it um and leads is of course already very um very focused on the, the fact that they're going to be uh, sales leads and with the end in mind and all that. Um, the, the wording by itself does not really uh, lean towards building relationships, mm-hmm. um, but that's uh, essentially what it is. So it's, it's really about what's, what's, what it says in the words, customer relationship management uh it's trying to manage these relationships well and if you do that well which is the the main purpose the main benefit you'll get from the crm if it works for you uh, we'll get to that also um then a lot of other things can also happen because it's it's very often in first in a team um, setting and in a team setting if you use a software system and create data uh, in a good way about the customers and all the stuff that is going on it becomes a collaboration tool because mm-hmm. different people can look at what's in the crm have the same view on things and use it as a sort of channel of communication between each other uh, this can be within the sales team but it can also be between uh, the sales team and the marketing team for instance because for instance if if, if uh, a salesperson does not input in in the crm that they're in touch with a certain person or they're in a certain stage of the pipeline uh, the marketing team does not know; it has not been communicated, and they could, for instance, send a coupon uh, to that customer right at the moment that they decide to buy. Which then, well, it's it's dumb. You lose revenue, right? Right. Um, right. This kind of that's that's just one simple example of what what might happen.
1: Yeah, I um, have a I have a, a story that speaks to that. I I years ago. Mm-hmm had a conversation with someone at a, a PEO, a benefits management organization. And I told this person that, you know, um not interested right now, but it's possible I'll be interested later. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll follow up. And he did. A, a, occasionally he would follow up. He, mm-hmm. I know he had a CRM. So the CRM was probably reminding him to follow up. Um, yeah. But In this organization, it was a fairly large company. Um, Mm -hmm. not everyone was using the CRM. So this is more a story. uh, Um, well, it's a story about if, if you have a CRM, you darn well better use it because over the course of about a five year period, I heard from at least five, maybe six other sales reps. At that organization who found me on linkedin or some other way and reached out to me hey would you like to have a conversation about my service and i would respond to them and i would say well i'm already talking to and i would name the other person you probably ought to update your crm and pay attention that you know he's contacting me and i checked with him hey are you are you putting me in your CRM and updating me because other people in your organization keep calling me. Oh, that shouldn't happen. He would say they should, they should be paying attention. <laughs> and, and so it it's a story that, that underscores what you were saying that mm-hmm. with a CRM when properly used, the organization can collaborate, know what, you know, the right hand knows what the left hand is doing and you're not exactly. stepping on each other's toes now the the issue in that case and this happens a lot i think is that you implement tools and then and then you don't use them and in some ways that's even worse especially with a a crm yeah
2: yeah yeah. actually getting a crm is easy uh (laughs) and that's 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 one of the points i want to get in later like the uh that people don't uh they just well we get a crm it's going to solve our issues no it, it does not by itself uh solve your issues it yeah. only solves your issues when the sales team and uh preferably the entirety of the sales team actually uses it on a daily basis not just sometimes to put in some stuff but really to yeah. organize themselves uh, and that ha- doesn't happen in probably 90 percent of the companies or so so all of yeah. the benefits i'm describing now uh most of the companies don't get uh, so the, the collaboration within the sales team, the collaboration with other departments like the marketing team, uh, the sort of uh abilities of a sales manager to be able to coach their, their sales reps, mm-hmm. uh, the ability to pick up when somebody's sick or or worse, when somebody leaves, that not all the relationships just walk out the door, uh, but yep. that you you know where to pick up, or the fact that you can make proper revenue forecasts. Uh, based on the data you have or the fact that you know uh, who you can send which email campaigns about a certain event because you know that you're in touch with these people and they are interested in this sort of stuff you know there's all kinds of stuff all kinds of benefits you get from using crm well but to your point even the simplest things uh, the simplest benefits they often don't get not because companies don't have a crm but because they uh, don't uh, implement it well. And I- implementing yep. a CRM is a very abstract sort of uh, um, concept. Uh, so I, I'm definitely happy to go into what that means in practice uh, because it's also yeah. a simple thing. But.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you that it, it can be a simple thing, but for some business people, it, it, it seems so hard. And this is where we're getting into this idea of, of habits you mentioned a moment ago that they're they're not entering and updating data on a on a daily basis these are the habits that you have to develop and and so how for your clients your own practice using a CRM how did you go about developing the habits of using the tool and mm-hmm. what are the benefits if you do enter the data on a daily basis. Keep up. Use the tool as it's intended to be used. How do you, how do you build that habit and stick with it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, first of all, um, it's it's good to find a CRM for the purpose you're trying to solve. Many people don't even go that far to just type "best CRM" into Google. Mm-hmm. Best CRM to, in, for small businesses or whatever. These are uh, some of the big keywords. Um, and, uh, and then they just pick what's, what's ever on top and they don't really check whether the exact thing that I'm trying to do is that, is that really something that this CRM solves?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, then secondly, uh, something that a lot of people skip, um, is making sure that the sales team is going to use it. The the thing we talked about and the the first thing to make sure that this is going to happen uh, is a very simple thing is uh, involving the sales team in your decision about which crm you're going to use so you you might make a short list based on the purpose that you have in mind you research some systems there's so many out there so you cannot test all uh, 700 plus crms with your team that's not gonna happen uh if you go on g2 it's something like that right now um, you you make a, a list of the ones that you think best serve your purpose. And, but then you go with your sales team and you make accounts on those and you actually try using them. like And you actually make sure that they try using them, that they see uh, which ones they feel most comfortable with. And the ones where they give their sort of goal, Um, you're much more likely to, to then um, get to that goal of them using it. Because first of all, they... It, their judgment is involved, and secondly, they also give their buy-in because they decided with you it's not you saying like okay guys, uh, i found this crm I'm going to use this uh <laughs> that's sort of like feels like you're imposing it and when you're involve them it's a whole different situation yeah. um and then uh what what we do specifically well i'm not going into the actual implementation yet uh we actually built uh, a crm that uh is Fully um, focused on making sure that uh, sales teams use it. And uh, there's very simply two ways in which we do that. Uh, Actually, we we started Salesforce because, uh, like you said in in the intro, uh, because we tried to use so many systems and none of them really worked for us. Uh, We found that uh, any tool we used, at some point we gave up. And we figured that all of these systems came with the expectation that we were going to do a whole lot of data input work and it was not realistic uh, for us. And we thought for most people, it isn't, uh, we are not like built to be data input robots or something. Yeah. Um, and every single thing we do and every person we meet and every little piece of data we find, we put into a system, we figured that this is better done by actual robots, by computers. And, um, in, uh, 2014, we set out then it's already eight years now, uh, to build a system that actually connects to your inbox, connects to your calendar, connects to your phone, uh, connects to company databases and public social info and email signatures and, and all kinds of different data that you already have that is already digital and sources it together. So it's a, it's a CRM uh, built from the perspective that all the data is there. Uh, the software can bring it together and as a salesperson you just need to do a few clicks to organize it and you have everything there uh to then serve that purpose of building these better relationships yeah um and we offer that in a very easy to use tool uh, because that's another big bottleneck in many systems uh we make that super easy to understand at least we <laughs> we do our utmost best um because it's a it's a it's a very hard job, uh, maybe even harder than the automation part. Um, and then uh, we make sure that people use the system way more. We, I think, we have, um, I think, ninety percent of our revenue today is uh, from active licenses. Uh, which oh, that's is great! Yeah, relatively uh, unusual in the CRM space. I think Salesforce, as far as I heard, it's just rumors. Is more in the twenty percent uh, space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah and right. i i guess i should uh i should let you know that the company that i was uh talking about in this story uh it was salesforce uh oh, yeah. which for those who who don't know it's uh, a huge player in the crM space and and uh the, the biggest i think and the biggest. um and you know you made a, a critical critical point that was exactly what happened at the this firm, the, the folks on high, the bosses at the company said, Hey, everybody, we have Salesforce start using it. Mm -hmm. And, and the rep who first contacted me was using it religiously and was keeping track and loved it. And it was all great. Those other five or six people, not so much. And it was because. Um, all these things you said, you said two really critical things. Number one is if you're going to implement a tool like this, don't implement from on high and just impose it on everybody, involve Mm. everybody, help them onboard. you know, all of those things. That's, that's critical idea. Number one, the other thing that you said that, that people may have missed is, is you don't want to impose on yourself and on your organization this idea that you're going to just dump everything and and enter every little detail into the CRM because if you do that, it very quickly feels really hard and people fall off. And this this is a key concept of habit formation, not just for CRMs, but habit formation in general. You can't, if you're going to establish a habit, sort of uh, make it too complex and do too many things at once. Too many, I'm going to enter every detail of every phone call. I'm going to enter every, you know, I'm going to find the person's birthdays and the spouse's name and enter every single detail. You mentioned that, no, 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 we, we, first of all automatically with your tool gather a lot of the key information and the habit that you're asking them to implement is to organize that data and perhaps supplement it with a little bit of extra detail it's kind of the the minimal viable step get that habit in place and then see if you can expand your use for additional purpose. That's what I heard you say. And that's I think a, a critical idea not just for implementing CRM, but for implementing any kind of habit. Because if you keep it simple and one small bite at a time, you can establish the habit, use the tool, and then build from there.
2: Actually I I I didn't make the point yet about only entering the essential stuff. I said that we automate a lot of stuff, but I do fully agree hundred percent with your point. And that's, uh, when we, when we get the opportunity to guide our customers, uh, in a more, uh, extensive way, that's what I always will tell them because people want to track everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we we, we have a discussion on guys. Okay. So we have all these things that we could track, but what is now really essential, what are we really going to do something with? Uh, and that's, that's the, uh, the the main question what 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 of which which data points here that we're that we're keeping are we going to use uh if we don't use them just just don't track them Mm -hmm. then then it it doesn't matter like this every field that will add um adds a sort of weight on top of people Mm -hmm. um and so we need to be very very cautious out like like every time we want to add something just wonder like how is going to this going to be used? Is this really going to add value? Uh, otherwise, you you end up again in a situation where your team does not use the system anymore, uh, right. and then you're you're uh, way worse off. Um, so that's that's really important. But um, actually, before that, there's also still in implementation uh, an important thing, and it's having these discussions. Um, so what, what, what usually happens is, uh, even if, if companies find a CRM that is good for their purpose and maybe involve their team, even, uh, once the team says, let's go, they just go <laughs> and they don't discuss anything anymore. They just jump in and let do stuff. And the thing is, um, a CRM is not, um, uh, one dimensional, uh, a CRM can be used in many ways. And if everybody just goes, everybody will do a different thing. Um, so it's very important you align on things. And it, it it starts with the very simple things. If you have a sales process, what does each stage in the sales process mean? Just defining that and discussing with your team is is huge. Uh, but also um our, if we add those fields, how do we fill them out? What, what do the fields mean? Have that real discussion about is this field needed, is this field needed? So how are we going to use it? Um but also things like are we going to use the tasks or not uh uh, the manual tasks automated tasks whatever are we going to um take notes what do we expect in notes um is it the very simple like uh next steps and potential bottlenecks or are we going to do full notes of 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 every call you know all these kind of things If you don't discuss them first, everyone is going to do something uh, different. And then some of the benefits we talked about earlier um, will also not be reached. Even if the team uses the CRM really well, um, then you won't be able to, for instance, pull proper reports uh, on your data uh, because the, the data inputted by one person means something than the other person. And if you look at it from above, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Right. uh you might not have proper revenue forecast it also it, it it is less of a communication and collaboration channel at that point because you don't know what the other person meant with what they put in um and this discussion is not hard uh it's just sitting together going through uh, all the parts and saying we're going to use this like this and if we do this it means that uh just going through these things and keeping it in some documents um and then <laughs> And you're already uh, i think 90 uh, ahead of 99 of other companies because these are some really really common mistakes
1: yeah and, and to what extent do you find that businesses that come to you and begin to use your crm don't even have the sales structure in place in other words you talked about what what are the different stages mean well a mm-hmm. crm forces you to define stages. And I would imagine that a lot of businesses come to you and they don't even really have a defined sales process with stages to begin with. So in many ways, the mere step of jumping into using software like yours Mm -hmm. enables them to invent processes and habits that didn't exist in the first place. Yeah,
2: no, that's true. Uh, That happens in many companies and and, uh they, they don't have a sales process or they make a uh, they start making a different pipeline, sales pipeline per, per salesperson or so and they all define their things differently. or they make one with everyone together, but they very lightly define it. It just gives some some names but no definitions. So they they don't discuss with each other what does this mean. We just made something. Uh, and that's uh, supposedly the way it's going to work. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's many levels of, uh, of, uh, not implementing it well here.
1: Yeah. And uh, let's, let's step back to that business owner that I told everybody about in the opening story. And let's imagine that you were working with her in implementing sales flare for her business. So She's connecting with people on social media. She's getting the contact information. What, how might you define the process that follows and how the CRM might help her, um, on one hand, nurture the relationship as we discussed. And on the other hand, keep it in a way that, that is comfortable and easy enough that she doesn't just throw her hands up and say, see, it's more work than I wanted to do
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know the specific case here, of course. So I don't know of what her, her sales process would exactly look like. Um and what what does she sell?
1: Uh, very vaguely? She's a, uh executive coach. Uh executive coaching. Oh,
2: executive coaching.
1: Yeah.
2: I would imagine the process goes something like this. Um she uh gets people, uh she shares. Uh, her executive coaching wisdom on linkedin or so uh, mm-hmm. it's a very popular place for this kind of stuff and then uh people say oh my god this is uh good oh, i like this or and then she uh connects with them and and she's she maybe she asks like uh, what did you like so much uh, about this and uh, how does it resonate with you if she's already into this kind of conversations it's maybe a a, a a deep question for for a first conversation but sure uh and then, um, you, uh, maybe you ask I mean, there's, there's different ways to go about this. Maybe you ask like, uh, would you like me to, um, send you uh, new articles when, when there are any, mm-hmm. uh, and ask for their email address. That might be a way to go about it. It's not salesy. It's just like, okay, you like this. Do you want more of, the, of this, um, or you take the more, uh. If it's on LinkedIn, you take the approach where you um, say when you have a new article, you send it to them, but it's it's more work intensive. It might work better as it is a little personal. I think it depends a bit on the, the amount of volume you want to pull. Right. Uh, to say it in a, already a bit uh, uh, less less personal words, but um, and then you 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 sort of you can make a, a process a pipeline if you want. Of of people, um, maybe uh, you have a first stage, which is leads uh, people you'd really like to sell your uh, uh, executive coaching to, but you don't really have some sort of relationship yet. Uh, then people you're maybe in touch with, um, because they somehow they expressed interest, maybe they commented or whatever, and you got in touch. Uh, then you could have a stage depending on how you how you do it like people you uh are in recurring touch with or something mm-hmm. um and then uh you could have people who are uh interested in your services that then express interest in a specific thing uh, you could then have a step in which you qualify them although i would recommend to qualify them already way earlier here but qualifying in the sense that they are the right person also for your uh, executive coaching mm-hmm. uh, and they have budgets uh, to, to pay right. for this kind of executive coaching and things like that. Uh, and then you have probably a stage proposal made because you've uh, actually sent them a, a quote for, for this coaching service. an N one or lost. And you can all organize this then within your pipeline, which you have a nice visual view of who's where. Uh, but of course, it goes way beyond that because you need to be able to track every single interaction you have with with people have the nicely in the timeline and have their email address maybe their phone number and their linkedin profile if it's over linkedin right um and you uh, can set tasks for yourself uh, to follow them up or what you could do if you have so, sort of content on different topics which uh, link back to uh, different sort of coaching you do uh, you could indicate this on their on their profile you could say this person is more of this sort of coaching um, person. And then if you have content about that sort of topic, um, then you know and you can pull a list and then you can send those people uh, uh, the new content you have about that sort of coaching.
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm you... really
2: freewheeling here, right?
1: <laughs> no, 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 it, it's all good. And, and you've mentioned sharing articles, content. So content marketing is a big part of nurturing leads to qualify them, to bring them through the sales funnel, to get them, to inspire them to, to buy. It's also a very important element for businesses to attract leads and get them to raise their hand. So I know content marketing is a big part of what you do and what you know about. Talk to me a bit about, about the difference between content marketing that that sucks and content marketing that is effective. Where does that fit into your process?
2: Yeah. Good question. Uh, a lot of content marketing out there, uh, honestly really sucks, uh, today. And that's again, uh, it's a recurring topic today. I I feel, uh, it's again, a case of, uh, least resistance or laziness, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
2: What many companies think there, and that's something you said earlier, that it's really a quantity over quality game. Uh, But with so much quantity of content marketing out there, it really isn't anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really a quality over quantity game. Um, But it's not easy, obviously, because what you like to do is just get a copywriter, uh, preferably a cheap one, it just spits out a lot of articles and then uh, you hope that those are going to rank in Google and uh, and everything is solved. Uh, but that's not the way it works because it the, the, the article will be um, on the same level as the other articles. It will not get more engagement from people and hence it will not rank uh, as easily. I mean, yes, you can then get someone else rather cheap or, or expensive actually. Uh, to get backlinks to these articles, but you'll need a lot of backlinks um, because the the Google algorithm is is complex and backlinks still have a place in it. Uh, But definitely engagement is uh, is a factor. Uh, Google knows whether people keep reading your stuff or just go back to the Google search results and read something else. Um, So in short, uh, you need to write something better than the other stuff they will find in the google search results Mm -hmm. Uh, and that means a few things Um, first um, you need to focus on what people are looking for Um, many people focus more on the the keywords they want to stuff into the article uh, to make sure that the, the, uh, the algorithm picks it up but if you focus more on what the people who are going to read the thing uh, will enjoy more that already uh, helps a lot Um, so you do some little first you do keyword research i'm not going to go into the complete thing but Mm -hmm. keyword research what what do people search for then when they search for for stuff then you um, try to find out what is it actually that they're looking for you can do this by reading some of the other top uh, ranked articles uh to find out what what is the questions they try to answer here when they type these things uh and then you start building up an article that does this way better Mm -hmm. um and that means a few things it has a few different layers it's like you're sending an email to people um Mm -hmm. it has a a subject line uh, the title Uh, it has a little snippet uh, and people already first need to click on that when they click uh, you want them to keep reading because they might just click and then say, oh, this is not what I need. And then just go away again. So nice. first you reinforce that you're answering the question. You, sh- you show what you're going to answer. Uh, and then you you set it out in the best possible way. And now there, um, up till here, you could think, well, I could do that with copywriters. Um, they, they could take they all that on. Um, yes, in some cases, you might be able to do it if you're uh, writing about uh, content marketing probably these copywriters know about content marketing or Mm -hmm. if it's about copywriting itself but if you're writing for instance about sales like in our case uh there there aren't so many copywriters who can write something meaningful about sales um and if you ask them to do it what what they're going to do basically is they're going to read other articles uh on on the topic which other copywriters wrote that that don't really know the topic and then (laughs) they
1: yeah yeah Sorry, I, I was going to say, and you know, even if you can find a, a copywriter who knows the topic, or today you can go and find an artificial intelligence application, a robot that could write about the topic. Even if you're able to. to find those sources who can write coherently on the topic, it's not going to have that, that personality and that touch that is the key to relationship building. That's yeah. why, that's, that's all about what we do, you know, uh, put your own voice in there, put your own personality in there, draw in some stories, some slice of life, some of your own experience, and when you do that, then people are going to, uh, it, it, may be the same points, the same lessons that the next article over has, but you're making those personal connections with your readers in a way that begins to nurture and move that, that relationship forward. So I, I, I agree. agree. Yeah. And, and everything you were saying makes, makes perfect sense and leads to that, that idea that, um, you know, whether it's a story or, or just some connection, if you, you, you made, you said earlier, you know, it's almost like an email that you're writing to uh, a a friend or I forget how you put it a a moment ago, but um, when you can make that personal connection with somebody, they feel like you're having a one-to-one conversation. And that really gets us back to to the CRM that if you're just, you know, pulling together as many leads as possible, pounding them with a, Hey, are you in or out, you know, great. But if you build a history of Mm -hmm. the conversations, which, uh, the CRM enables you to do now with each step of the conversation, the contact is, is more personal, is more relevant, is more meaningful. And that's how you move somebody from cold lead to warm prospect to customer and that tool the crm is a critical piece in making it easier to do it's not it's not a magic bullet that's going to um do it all for you you still have to develop the habits but it makes the process make much more sense and 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 carry forward much easier
2: yeah, yeah, oh, unfortunately, not a magic bullet yet. No, yeah. we're, we're working on that, but uh, it's not. Uh, I mean, uh, I I think the future is to a certain extent that many of the annoying things you do in a CRM or a sales platform or whatever it is, uh, the sort of robotic routine things mm-hmm. you can automate more and more, but the actual building of the relationship, uh, in the sense that you add your personal touch, you understand people, which is uh, very important in the sales process, mm-hmm. that you apply that listening, and then uh, uh, based on that uh, React, those are things I don't see computers uh, automating anytime soon. And that's where you can add most value as a salesperson. So right. um, that's where you should <laughs> add that value.
1: Yeah, as a salesperson, as a content creator, marketer, uh, mm-hmm. That that personal touch, that human touch, that relationship building—I completely, completely agree. So, where can people find Salesflare? Find you? Learn more? Get any of the resources that you have available for people? um If you want to find out
2: more about Salesflare, it's uh, salesflare.com, and Flare is F-L-A-R-E. Um, you can uh, read about our product there, uh, how it helps you uh, build those relationships. You can find our blog also if you click blog at the top, uh, there's our content marketing uh, going on. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, um, LinkedIn is actually probably the best place. Uh, do include a, a, a message with a, with a connection request if you send any, uh, because otherwise I will have no idea uh, why uh, you're getting in touch with me and I will have to assume spam uh, as usual. Um, but if you include that personal message, I'll, I'll certainly get back to you and we can have a chat.
1: Yep. Excellent. And all of those links and spelling of your name and so forth will be in the show notes, uh, which you can find on the Story Power Marketing show website or on Apple, Google, Spotify and so forth, wherever you're going to find the episode. So awesome. uh, any, uh, any parting thoughts, anything else that you want to share with the audience before we call it a day? Um,
2: no, I think, I think, uh, I think we share some good stuff. I, uh, I agree with all the, the thoughts you, uh, you gave around it. And, uh, I think when, when thinking about it during this, uh, during this conversation, it's mostly about applying that, that little bit of extra energy, uh, sometimes, um, to think things through a bit more, uh, work together better build better relationships uh don't just fly through things and do them half-heartedly but uh, really apply your uh your human brain and uh, heart maybe also
1: yeah i i agree that's great advice for putting a crm to use for your sales process it's great advice for building a business in general so uh thank you so much for spending time with me today really really enjoyed it and uh i uh, i encourage everybody who's listening today to go check out salesflare.com and connect and uh and then go out and, and build your business so uh thanks so much we'll see you down the road
0: for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails. Download free business building resources and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com resources To help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. And review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.